Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following podcast contains subject matter that may not be suitable for all listeners. There's nothing as heavy or heart-wrenching as having to say goodbye to a loved one. In 1993, Bill Richards slowly approached the casket that held the body of his wife, while still trying to make sense of what led to her brutal murder. At the funeral, it was a closed casket because of the damage, but I wanted to say goodbye. So the undertaker covered her face and opened the casket for me, and all I could do was hold her hand. As he stood there, something suddenly caught Bill's eye. And I saw what to me was clearly a bite mark but it's very distinct rectangular teeth marks, uh, very deep blue-black bruising. Where exactly was it? It was on the back of her hand. The minister who took care of me and helped me through all of this is also a nurse. She's seen a lot of bites. And she said, yes, that was a bite. I finally got an attorney who would look into it. He went out and he hired the local county expert on odontology. As you're about to hear, Bill Richards would end up being accused of murdering his wife. He didn't know it at the time, but when he discovered this bite mark evidence, it would backfire on him spectacularly in trial. The prosecution bring in this doctor from San Diego who brags about being the father of this forensic bite evidence and he did an overlay that made it look like the teeth matched my bite. He was fantastic. You could see on their faces when this guy was testifying, he had him in the palm of his hand. How long did you spend in prison total? Close to 23 years. This has all but destroyed me. I looked him dead in the eye and I said, your expert's wrong. You need to get another expert. You have these sciences that are labeled forensic science, but they're theories, they're myths. 
the trial is dog and pony show. All these people heard was lies. I was horrified. There's nothing a judge can do. There are no standards. There are no qualifications. There is no oversight. Simply because somebody is accepted as an expert doesn't necessarily mean that they know what they're talking about. From Discovery Plus, ID and Joke Productions, this is Unraveled, Experts on Trial, a seven-part series that investigates a crisis in the American court system that will leave you hoping you're never accused of a crime that an expert says you committed. Our investigation into the role of experts in American courtrooms has uncovered some disturbing realities. For starters, competing forensic experts often come to completely contradictory conclusions, forcing juries to decide who and what to believe. Even worse, the bar to call someone an expert in court is shockingly low. Many of these so-called experts have inadequate credentials or none at all. With the issues we've uncovered so far, barely scratch the surface. In this episode, another case where a so-called expert provides incriminating testimony. And it is unlike anything we've ever heard before. August 1993, San Bernardino County, California. 44-year-old mechanical engineer Bill Richards returns home from work in the late evening hours pulls up to his property. After 23 years of marriage, Bill and his wife Pam are in the process of building a new home in a remote high desert community. What did the scene look like at your property after you arrived? When I came home, everything was wrong. We were living in a motor home uh, on our property where the house was being built. And when I came home, all the lights were out. Pam couldn't see in the dark at all. So that was very much unlike her. That was the first warning something was amiss. Where do you go next and what are you seeing? There's a big storage building next to the motorhome. The screen door was open on the storage building, which is abnormal. None of the dogs were there. They showed up shortly after I did, but uh, I don't know where they were. I walked in the building and I turned on a battery powered light and we kept the cooler in there with cold drinks and stuff in it. I got a bottle of iced tea out and I had a sip of that. And it's when I came out the door that I saw her. Bill's wife, Pam, lay strewn in the dirt. Her body contorted in an unnatural way. It was August, high desert, 4,000 feet. I don't know if it was the moonlight or the light coming out the window from the shed. All I know is I saw her body there and and I ran over to her. When you arrived next to her, walk me through the realization of what you're seeing. I didn't realize what happened at first because who thinks of of this? It took no time to pick her up and hold her and know she was dead. Pam's body is bruised and bloodied. She's been severely beaten and strangled. Bill told us that he gazed down at his wife in absolute horror. I won't describe the damage, but the damage was clear. She was dead. In my mind, I'm trying to rationalize what the hell happened. 
and I'm coming up with these different scenarios, how she fell and tripped or you know something. So at that point in time, that's, that's what I was thinking. It wasn't until after calling 911 that I started looking around. And then it's, I started seeing lots of things that made it really clear this was a homicide. What was it that you saw after you called 911? Well, I saw the murder weapon covered in blood. It was a paving stone. Probably two inch thick, 12 by 12 paving stone that led between the shed and the motorhome. So apparently she had been struck with this because of the amount of blood on it. And I got a big light out of my, my truck and looked around and I found multiple attack scenes, not just where she was. It appears she was attacked behind the, the storage building if there's bloody rocks there like she'd been hit with these. Her pants were there. She was disrobed from the waist down. It was really clear that this was not an accident. As you're making these realizations on your property, are you panicked? Are you hysterical? I can't even imagine about what that felt like. I kept going back and forth between trying to be strong and fight and figure out what happened. And then I would break down. It's kind of a roller coaster ride. It's something you just don't expect. Bill would eventually slump down in the dirt beside his wife and wait for law enforcement to arrive. Finally, I saw the car coming, the deputy. He didn't see me because he went to the neighbor's house. So I flashed the lights on my truck and then he came over and I showed him my wife. When the police arrived, did it ever occur to you that you would be considered a suspect? Well, my problem is well, the evidence to me was blatantly obvious that she had been dead a long time and that I just got home from work 46 miles away in another city. I was in a security building with 30 people. But then they took me down to police station and grilled me for like 15 hours nonstop. So by this time, I've been awake for 36, 37 hours. I hadn't eaten in over 20. And they started accusing you. They started getting vicious. They finally let me go after taking blood to make sure I wasn't on drugs or alcohol or any of that stuff. At that point, I thought, okay, they're done. I said, you're going to do your job, you're going to do your forensics, and you're going to find it's impossible. I wasn't there. I didn't do this. When do things escalate? So they let me go long enough to file papers that seized my assets. I couldn't get money out of my own checking account. And then they arrested me. Over the next four years, Bill Richards would endure three separate trials for the murder of his wife, Pam. If you've been listening to this season from episode one, then you probably can guess what occurred inside those courtrooms. Experts with poorly defined credentials took the stand. The significance of obscure bloodstain pattern evidence was hotly debated. And all the while, hapless members of the jury were tasked with figuring out the truth. The first trial was deadlocked 10-2 for not guilty. Our second trial uh, was declared a mistrial uh, right after it got started because of jury misconduct. The third trial ended the mistrial, but they never dismissed my case. They just kept scheduling new trials. During all this time, Bill remains in the county jail, mourning his wife Pam and wondering what really happened to her. 
I found out later that a blonde-haired man was seen driving up there in a red Mazda RX-7 at 7 o'clock. My wife hung up the phone with her brother at like 7.14, and then there was a blonde hair under her fingernails from the fight. This guy, the blonde-haired driver in the car, could have been the real killer. Desperate to find his wife's murderer and to clear his own name, Bill recalls the moment you heard about at the beginning of the episode, when he noticed the bite mark on Pam's hand as she lay inside her casket. It was very distinct rectangular teeth marks, uh, very deep blue-black bruising, or I would have never known it as a bite. I finally got an attorney who would look into it. He went out and he hired the local county expert on odontology. Odontology is the study of the structure, development, and abnormality of teeth. In 1997, during Bill's fourth trial for murder, his expert, Dr. Greg Golden, would take the stand. Here's Bill's current defense attorney, Wendy Cohen. It was Bill and his attorney who first introduced bite mark evidence because Bill knew he didn't kill his wife. But when Dr. Golden testified, his analysis came up with a very nebulous finding that it's not a perfect mark and it, it isn't definitive, basically. And then the prosecution hired Dr. Sperber. Dr. Sperber is the founding father of bite mark evidence. He's amazing. He's, he's worked for several infamous cases and he was well-known in the field, and he actually, he mentored Dr. Golden. By all accounts, the prosecution's expert witness, Dr. Skip Sperber, is simply dazzling on the stand. Can you tell me who Norman Skip Sperber is? He was the odontologist that brought in from San Diego. He was fantastic. He was a salesman. He did an overlay that made it look like the teeth matched my bite. He just went on and on and on. He had told them all about his years of doing this and how he was, you know, so sure. And yeah, that only less than 2% of the population would have this bite. What is it that you're saying that 2% have? It's a, it's the tooth is just slightly out of line. In case you missed that, let me restate it for you. The prosecution's bite mark expert told the jury that less than 2% of the population could have the same bite mark as Bill's based only on a tooth that was slightly out of line. Think about how many people you talk to, you might see one tooth that's slightly out of line. It's a very common thing. Mm -hmm. But he claimed ad nauseum, that tooth would not leave a mark, it would be blocked, it would be this, it would be that. You could see the jury, you could see on their faces when this guy was testifying, he had him in the palm of his hand. You learn that the trial is dog and pony show. Many of the stories we've covered so far in this series have involved grave injustice, but Bill Richards was also up against what might be described best as a pseudoscience. The supposed science of bite marks isn't much of a science at all. Bite mark evidence is suspect at best and junk science at worst because it's based on basically nothing. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. In the summer of 1997, almost four years after the death of his wife, Bill Richards would sit in court for the fourth time on trial for her murder. On the stand, the renowned odontologist, Dr. Skip Sperber, testified to dramatic bite mark evidence, allegedly implicating Bill in the crime. However, we've since learned that the science of bite marks is extremely suspect. Here's forensic dentist, Mike Bowers, he spent decades studying bite mark cases. What does it take to become an expert in bite mark analysis? Police will identify what they consider to be bite marks and testify all the time. Let's just say that you don't have a dental license and bite mark expertise. The dental schools don't teach it, it doesn't exist. What exactly does bite mark analysis rely on? What the problem is, is there's two assumptions. One is that the human population, everyone's teeth have a sufficient variation to be considered similar to a, a fingerprint. And it's a ridiculous analogy. That's an argument that's never been proven either then or now. The other is the comparison of what the unknown pattern, how well it, quote, fits into the array of the defendant's teeth it was always led up to, to just the personal opinion of the dentist. The dentist can't agree on even what a bite mark is. It's basically the, on the scam. They used to use crayons to trace the edges of the teeth from dental models onto an acetate. 
Okay, and then it would be flipped over and then placed onto the photograph of the unknown evidence. It's absurd. It's anything but scientific, let's just put it that way. With bite mark analysis, what can you determine? The way I answer that question is that if a skin injury appears at all suspected to be a bite mark, it should be swabbed for DNA. So that's where I'm at with bite marks at this point. It's, if it's suspected, then it should be swabbed for DNA evidence. This is a pretty damning review of bite marks from an expert in the field. And Dr. Mike Bauer's opinion is more or less common knowledge. Bill Richards' defense attorney, Wendy Cohen, agrees. What are your thoughts on bite mark analysis in general? In general, it's not a reliable kind of evidence. It's never been proven scientifically that, you know, you can look at a bite on flesh and compare it to someone's teeth and have any scientific proof that that's the injury that the biter left. Bite mark evidence should never be used in a criminal proceeding to identify someone. It doesn't matter how good the forensic odontologist thinks they are. They cannot account for all the variables involved, the thickness of the skin, the angle at which the bite was taken. I know you can't possibly know a number, but if you're to speculate on the number of innocent people that could be behind bars because of bad bite mark testimony, how many could there be? In the United States, hundreds at least. It seems so simple, like to a jury, if you take a molding of someone's teeth and put it over a picture of the bite mark, it looks like it matches because most arches are generally the same. So not only is it unreliable, jurors look at it and they think it's like a fingerprint and they can say, well, there you go. Yep, this guy did it. That's his bite mark. During Bill Richards' fourth murder trial, the jury in that courtroom had the exact same reaction that Wendy just described. Bill watched it all unfold in shock and disbelief. How did it feel when you were sitting in court watching him with his overlays? Well, in jury box, I'd have said, hell yeah, he did it. From where I was sitting, it's like this hopeless feeling. When you heard the word guilty, at the end of that trial, how did that feel? It was totally crushing. You know, because I knew I was innocent. It was just crushing. So, can't describe it any other way. Bill Richards would be sentenced to 25 years to life for the murder of his wife, Pam. He went to prison in 1997. So when I think about what Bill Richards actually went through, I'm at a loss for words because it really is so horrific, upsetting, and and traumatizing. It evokes the same sort of feelings of disgust and sadness that you feel when you think about David Kim and what he went through. It really is just awful to imagine finding a loved one in the states that they found their loved ones. And on top of that, can we just say bite mark experts? Let's stop there for a second. And I shouldn't be surprised by this, but the fact that this is another forensic science is so fascinating because based on everything else we're learning, it's no surprise that bite mark analysis is also flawed, 
really flawed. And you would just kind of assume that if these dentists are getting on the stand talking about something in scientific terms, that it must be based on scientific method. And I think the jury assumes that as well. So not only are the juries having to decide between conflicting expert testimony, but some of the experts they're listening to are unqualified. Now we're discovering that the whole science they're debating may not be a science at all. It may just be theories. This whole scenario evokes a lot of questions because the fact that we're finding out that bite mark analysis really has no merit whatsoever, it makes us wonder about all the other forensic areas of study. You know, what else is suspect in terms of the forensic sciences? To figure out just how much questionable forensic science is making its way into courtrooms, we spoke to multiple lawyers and judges. Here's attorney Raquel Cohen from the California Innocence Project. You have these sciences that are labeled forensic science, but they've never been tested. They've never been put in a lab. They're theories, they're myths. Bite mark evidence, it was just like dentists going like, oh, I can make comparisons of teeth marks. But all of our skin is different, bruises heal differently. It's pretty much junk science. What other faulty science have you seen lead to convictions in your experience? Hair comparison, the FBI had a big overturning of hair comparison because uh, they went back later and like it would be like carpet fibers and not even hair that was used and their uh, experts were over testifying to 100% certainty, absolutely, definitively. Things like that should not be allowed in science. Fingerprint analysis, I think, is better than some. It's still not great. Again, we're dealing with big human interpretation with blood spatter, bullet analysis with striations and, and stuff like that. Definitely arson. These are just all these sciences that aren't tested. They're not, they don't have the required testing to be considered a science in, in many people's opinion, <laughs> specifically mine. How many years ago did we think the earth was flat? And like, people would definitively say that. We can't say it in science, and it shouldn't be allowed in the court. There's a lot to unpack there. Raquel is basically casting aspersions on the entire field of forensic science. But as we looked into this further, the fact is, there are a ton of actual scientists who agree with her. In 2009, the National Academy of Sciences released a bombshell report. In short, the Academy called for a re-examination of nearly all of the forensic sciences used in the American court system. Former Judge Nancy Gertner broke it down for us. When this study became available, did it confirm your skepticism about these fields that you already had? Well, the National Academy report made explicit what many had been saying, which is, we need to look again at these fields. Are these fields, in fact, reflective of real science? Are the people who are testifying qualified? And are the conclusions that they're drawing justified by the data, justified by the experiments, justified by the science? And, and there were open questions about all of that. The National Academy report said we need to look again at particularly what they call trace evidence, which is where you find something at the scene of the crime, and then you say the pattern is the same as the same kind of evidence found on the defendant. 
Trace evidence includes things like fingerprints, handwriting, ballistics, and yes, bite marks. According to Judge Gertner, the Academy's report confirmed what many critics had suspected since the advent of DNA testing in the early 2000s. DNA evidence, in one sense, changed everything. Not only in the ways that the public understands, because now you could match the arguable perpetrator to the suspect, but DNA changed everything in another way, which is DNA had been developed outside of the courtroom. The Genome Project had been something that scientists were examining. And then people realized its application in court. Ballistics, bite mark, fingerprint, handwriting developed as a prosecutor's tool in court. And that meant it was really skewed, not necessarily science. It's startling to hear it so bluntly stated. Many of the forensic sciences began as tools of the prosecutors. What's more is that as we've seen in the case of Bill Richards and many others, whatever truths these forensic sciences may actually reveal have been relentlessly abused in court. I mean, in one case involving a, a ballistics evidence, the government witness was gonna say, this bullet matched this gun to the exclusion of all others in the world. A preposterous conclusion. So people were making these claims and no one had really examined it. And it wasn't until the National Academy report that people said the evidence that you've been admitting in cases over and over and over again for like, you know, years, the science doesn't support that. The 2009 report by the National Academy of Sciences has far-reaching implications for a lot of different forensic disciplines. We'll pull apart some more of its findings and its recommendations later in this series. But for Bill Richards, the most important finding was the one casting the supposed science of bite marks in such an unflattering light. It's not real. They can't, you know, if you look at those forensic shows on TV, man, they, they can do all this stuff. And that's bad propaganda because people walk in on a jury and believe it. I think DNA was the only forensic evidence the National Academy of Sciences admitted was worth anything. The rest of it's just bunk. Bite evidence, they said, is not even worth trying to improve. It's just garbage. When the National Academy of Sciences report came out, Bill had been languishing in prison for years with little hope left of winning an appeal. I was actually on a level four yard at Sentinella, which is hell on earth. And I was working in the shop there with another fellow who I also believe was innocent. And he gave me the address and connection to the Innocence Project. In 2009, the California Innocence Project hired multiple bite mark experts to examine Bill's case. Using computer modeling, they ironically harness the scientific method to cast serious doubts on the conjecture that put Bill in prison. All these people did these computer comparisons and it turns out my, my jaw is considerably larger, impossible for me to make the bite, and the teeth don't line up at all. After speaking with these other people, Sperber recanted. If you remember, Dr. Skip Sperber was the prosecution's expert witness. He admitted he should have never given those numbers, you know, that 2%, because there was no scientific study to back it up. He admitted that, and he admitted the bite doesn't match, and he did rule me out. He says, he can't have been the one who made this bite. Dr. Sperber's recanted testimony and the work of the California Innocence Project would get billed before a judge in winter of 2009. 
with an opportunity for release. Bill had been behind bars for over 15 years. What was the result of this testimony in this habeas hearing? The judge ruled that the evidence before him pointed unerringly to innocence. And so he reversed my conviction. Wow, how did that feel? I thought I was going home that night. I didn't know it's been another seven years in prison. In 2009, Bill Richards would win a habeas corpus hearing, granting him his freedom, after spending over 15 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Crucial to this decision was the recanted testimony of the prosecution's principal, Bite Mark Expert. Unfortunately for Bill, in California in 2009, experts weren't allowed to change their minds. There's some precedent somewhere that says an expert can't recant his testimony. It's only their opinion, so they can't. Even though scientific evidence had come up that proved they were wrong, they said he shouldn't have done that. And then that went to the California Supreme Court. And that said, well, that's what the law is. So even if you're innocent, tough, you stay in prison. I can't tell you how crushing, because it's like I've gone to the highest level of court I can go to. I've lost. I'm going to die in here. This decision to keep Bill in prison even after Bitemark testimony had been so widely discredited, is revealing of the way the law too often views expert testimony. In the eyes of many courts, experts aren't authorities explaining proven scientific facts to a jury. They're just people, with greater than average knowledge on a subject, giving their opinion. This important distinction allows a dentist like Dr. Skip Sperber to take the stand and tell a jury that he thinks Bill Richards is guilty. Any actual scientific evidence to support the doctor's opinion is essentially irrelevant. We lost that because the court said that basically expert testimony can't be false because it's an opinion. And so we're back to square one at that point. The laws surrounding expert witnesses in each state and even each jurisdiction are extremely varied and complex. It's challenging to make a sweeping generalization about where things stand today. Courts around the country continue to admit bite mark testimony, with the rationale being, well, that was their opinion. A lot of people have gone to prison. They're still doing it. They've proven it's false, and yet they still convict people with that crap. In 2016, the California state legislature would eventually take this issue of faulty forensic testimony head on. When, after pressure from the Innocence Project, they would consider a new law specifically with Bill Richards' case in mind. The California legislature looked at what happened. They looked at the laws that they had drafted and that, that ruled. And they looked at the finding of the court and they said, wait a minute, that's not right. And so they clarified the law and clarified that expert testimony can be false evidence. So it went back to the California Supreme Court after the change in, in the law and the California Supreme Court agreed with us and 
finally exonerated Bill. How long did he spend in prison total? Close to 23 years. This has all but destroyed me, you know, because my life today is is nothing. It's just a, a leftover remnant. You know, by the time I got out, I was 67 years old and uh, and have advanced cancer because they didn't treat me properly in prison. Were there ever developments about the real perpetrator in this case. Nobody looks. The police don't look. The Innocence Project's job is to prove you're innocent, not to find a real killer. I have pieced together bits of it. I believe the witness who saw that car said there may have been a passenger in it. There may have been multiple attacks. I don't know I'd go too much into it. To this day, the blonde-haired man that was seen near the crime scene has not been identified and the real killer of Bill's wife remains a mystery. How important is it to you that this broken system be remedied? I mean, how can you convey the importance of, of this problem? That's why I'm talking to you, <laughs> to do my, my part. So the system is broken, it's not bent, it's broken. Bill Richards' story really opened up the floodgates for us. We have so many more questions now about the forensic sciences and the way experts portray them in the courts. One of the biggest questions is, just how common is something like Bill Richards' case? Is it possible to quantify how many wrongful convictions there have been due to faulty science? There was a study done about how many people are estimated to be in prison wrongfully convicted. The people who did it based it on data and math, things that I'll never understand, and they said about two and a half to five percent of the United States population is sitting in prison wrongfully. And that number is astronomical when you consider the United States has the most people incarcerated than any other country in the world. Wow. We ran the math on that one. In 2019, roughly 1.4 million people were incarcerated in the United States. That means anywhere between 35,000 to 70,000 innocent people are behind bars. If you open the news every day, you see, oh, someone exonerated, someone exonerated. The story has almost become boring because it's just, we've gotten so desensitized to it. But it's, it's something that I think as a whole country, we should be very concerned about and that we should be trying to address it. And is that because it could happen to anybody? Absolutely, it can happen. But you're not concerned with it until it touches your life, but you should be. And then if you look at women, 75% of women were wrongfully convicted and there was no crime, of course it can happen to anybody. That statistic that Raquel just threw out really got her attention. 75% of women who were later exonerated went to prison for a crime that never even happened. So how is that possible? Next time on Unraveled, experts on trial. In the middle of the night, she hears screaming and she opens her bedroom door and it was just fire and smoke. The children died. Somebody's got to pay for that. And, you know, society demands justice. 
The judges kind of left there going, I've got these two people that seem pretty credible, so I, I, I'm just gonna walk away from this. And the problem was that the, the average fire investigator used to be a fireman who didn't even go to college, had no science training, and they don't like to say, I don't know, because it makes them look bad. It really is disheartening to know that you can get an expert to get up and say something that is not supported by the science anymore. Unraveled is produced by Joke Productions for ID. The executive producers of this podcast are Joke Finciun, Biagio Messina, and Jeff Kuntz, along with myself, Billy Jensen, and Alexis Linkletter. Executive producer for ID is Tim Bainey. Additional producing and writing by Mike Gattinella. Our editor is Corey Nye. The music and score that you have heard in this podcast is by Biagio Messina, Dave Pellman, and the Alibi and Nimbo Libraries. Make sure to check for episode five next week on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps a lot when you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast that you enjoy listening to. Thank you for listening and for your support. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.